Welcome to Therapy and Technology. I'm your host, Jessica Bullock. Join us as we have this conversation regarding technology and how it's integrated into our daily counseling profession. there. Just wanted to take a moment to invite you to the hybrid practice. The hybrid practice is a group on Facebook that provides topics for discussion regarding how to integrate technology into practice. So please feel free to join us if you are looking for support while building a practice which treats clients face-to-face and online. Join us at the hybrid practice. See you there. So today I want to thank you all for joining us in this conversation about our use of apps in practice. And for today's episode, I have with me doctoral intern Victoria Rizzuto. She is actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow Dr. Rachel Altvader, who's also with us today, uh, if you don't mind, Rachel, to introduce our guest today. I'm really excited about this topic. I'm really excited about you both joining me. And uh, Dr. Rachel Alvader, if you won't mind uh, sharing with us a little bit about who is Victoria Rizzuto. Yeah, absolutely. So Victoria is a third-year doctoral student at Loyola University, Maryland, um, and she is a pre-doctoral therapy extern at uh, Gill Institute for Trauma Recovery and Education, and she is also a student board representative member of the Maryland DC Association for Play Therapy. Uh, She and I talk pretty extensively about utilizing technology in sessions, and um, her dissertation is actually looking uh, more into attachment related to technology, so maybe she can share a little bit more about that as well. Wow, Victoria, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. Victoria, would you mind sharing a little bit more with us about your dissertation? Um, so my dissertation is on, it's called technoference. It's basically, um, I think a lot of research in terms of like parent and child technology use tends to focus more on um, the child and their own usage. And so I was really, I'm interested in looking at the parents' usage of technology when they're around their child and how that actually impacts the child's um, formation of social skills with others. Um, It kind of came from my own experience um, in one of my other placements working with families and children um, at an IOP, like outpatient program. And um, I just sat there and watched a lot of parents who were at the program and to be there with their children. um, And they kind of spent time more on their phone than with their child. And so I started thinking, like, how does that impact the child in the future? Um, And so, yeah, so that's kind of how my dissertation idea was born. Um, But yeah. That sounds so interesting. Um, So how did you develop your, or should I ask, what led you to develop this type of research? You know, I know you gave us a little background, but how how did you come about deciding that this was the research you were going to do? It was honestly just born from kind of my own experience, which I think sometimes then kind of creates the best research question because you've experienced it. And so now you're like, how like how does this impact future? Um, and so that's kind of where where the idea came from. But I'm really interested to start actually um, gathering the data. I'm going to be focusing more um, on the preschool population because that is one of my areas of interest. Um, and there's not a whole lot of research 
on that population specifically with technology and so kind of looking into that um, and parent technology's impact on child's social skills there's absolutely nothing on so that makes it a very good dissertation topic I was just thinking to myself, like, you're absolutely right. The the research must be very limited, especially with as fast as technology is outpacing our field. So (laughs) good luck with your research. Uh, So our conversation today is surrounding, you know, apps and and, um, how to use them in practice. What apps do you use? So I guess I'll start there. What apps do you currently use in practice when you're working with your clientele? So I use a variety of apps, um, and one thing that I have recently used apps for more than I think I would have ever expected to use it for was I actually have been connecting to my library's database um, and bringing books into therapy that I can just download from the library, which is really cool. It's like a nice way to like bring therapy books then into the therapy room. Um, But I also use a lot of apps for guided meditation, relaxation. I have some clients who like to do yoga, so I have some yoga apps. Um, And then Rachel and I actually had found kind of ways to incorporate apps with teletherapy, which has been really interesting this last semester. Um, And then I also have some more like coping skills and sensory-based apps. But my approach to therapy is never one size fits all. So I'm always looking for different apps to bring into the room that are more geared to each of my clients' needs. I think it's pretty cool that you use books to work with your children and parents in therapy. And if I may ask, what types of books do you download and which apps do you use for that? I think it's really a great tool to use, especially when you have, I'm thinking just to myself, when you have younger children and they learn through storytelling, what what books do you use or have used? So um, there are a couple books that I've downloaded specifically um, when working with clients who are going through parents who are divorcing. Um, I've been able to find some books um, on there to then use and bring into session with some kiddos. And I wanted to piggyback on on what uh, Victoria was saying about incorporating apps in teletherapy. She is so kind. It was 100% her idea. Um, We were actually in supervision and she brought up, why not play... um, apps through like have a client download an app and we download an app so for example like uno or words with friends or something like that i mean of course we have to make sure that we're careful with friends lists and to make sure that confidentiality is maintained but she brought up that idea and i thought how brilliant is that we were working with um we're doing co-therapy with someone who was um having a hard time opening up in sessions and you know we love to incorporate expressive based Um, interventions in our sessions and we thought how can we incorporate technology that's something that we talk about so much and that was an idea she came up with and she did research and I just thought this is so wonderful and unfortunately the uh, teletherapy sessions had ended before we were really able to implement it but I just thought that that opened up so many more possibilities of things that we can incorporate for um, for online counseling. I love how you both work together to be innovative with providing new opportunities for clients. So I I would like to further the conversation by asking uh, you, Victoria and Rachel, please feel free to jump in if you would like to. Um, What challenges have you faced with with working with apps and using technology in practice? I know all all different types of challenges may arise and different clinicians face different things. But what, what has been your experience? 
Yeah, so we definitely have talked in length about the confidentiality piece, um, but one thing Rachel and I also kind of have talked about previously was about like setting boundaries with your clients in terms of technology. Um, So, I mean, and this is again, if like you would friend them, which we said we shouldn't do that, like confidentiality wise, um, but your client could send you messages on the app at any point or like want to play games with you outside of sessions. Um, And so just like setting boundaries about when um, you use the app and when you can play together I think is just another important thing I haven't physically like faced that with a client but just it's better to I think think ahead about the different challenges when you are implementing technology in sessions Um, but also boundaries in terms of like if a parent says the child is not allowed to use this one app and the child knows that they're not allowed to use the app and then they try and bring it up in therapy as like something that they want to play. Um, just being sure you're also being transparent with the parents about what you are using um, and to make sure it fits within their boundaries that they've set as well. Um, something additional too is I used to review apps and YouTube videos prior to having a client utilize it in sessions, but I feel much more comfortable now allowing a client to guide that process. So if a client wants to download an app or wants to show me something on YouTube, I'm much more willing to just let that happen. And in terms of boundaries, just assuring that it's appropriate because there have been a couple times where clients have showed, whether it's a YouTube video, that is maybe a little bit more risky, um, like sexually risky or, um, you know, that introduces potentially like drugs and alcohol, like having a conversation about it. You know, I I think that if, if any client brings anything into a session that might need additional boundaries, that's a perfect moment to teach that client how to properly navigate, um, apps or how to properly navigate, um, the, the internet in general. I'm also thinking that putting these, putting this information into an informed consent to make sure that the parents are aware of what's happening or even the clients regarding the apps and what apps are going to be used and the risks that may be associated with using the apps would be a good step for clinicians to take as a way to safeguard themselves from any backlash or anything that may come towards them. Uh, legally for lack of explaining the the app using process for a lack of a better term, but basically just to put all the information out there so the parents and any clients who may be involved in treatment with you and may use apps with you will be well informed before they even begin the treatment. Actually, something that you mentioned um, is is a great first step is incorporating it in an informed consent document. There are some uh, boards that are, I guess, refining their um, their rules surrounding or guidelines. I guess I can't say rules, but standards, rules, whatever it might be, surrounding technology um, and teletherapy and making sure to include it in the informed consent. So first and foremost, I definitely at least verbalize it to to, um, families, but definitely I'm working towards incorporating it more in writing as well. Um, And I, I like to phrase it initially for parents of this is not a time for us to quote unquote, just play, you know, that this is um, a structured, 
you know, safe holding space for a, a child that by utilizing these apps, it actually helps me see more into their inner world and I can better assist them. And so I think as long as parents are educated about the process, they're much more open. Um, or if I can try to yeah. give some type of therapeutic value. So for example, Victoria had referenced the possibility of having a child come in and want to engage in this app, the a parent might not want and how to navigate that. And ultimately really just trying to see what is it for the child that is drawing them to this particular app so you know, intensely or this game or whatever right. it might be. And, and informing a parent that the the purpose of utilizing that app could be just to see what is drawing them to it so much and how can we find healthy limits surrounding use of that particular game or app or whatever it might be um, appropriately and so i think that again in my experience parents seem to be much more understanding and willing to allow us to utilize whatever we think is going to be best for their treatment because they do view us as the expert to help their child through things and i think that as long as we are confident um, in what we're doing um, and are able to articulate it clear enough to parents that that can really help resolve any potential issues that may arise for them. Yeah, I, I think like I absolutely want to validate that like apps can be really challenging to incorporate, especially when you've been doing therapy one way for, for a certain amount of time. Um, and I personally, I know we've already kind of talked through this, but I personally don't inter, um, introduce any apps into therapy with my clients unless I've explored it myself. I think that's a really big component so that I know what I am bringing in is something that is safe for the children to use and it's really meeting the like needs of the client um, unless other needs needs that that maybe it could fulfill um, but I think despite the challenge with apps if we don't start speaking the common language of the younger generations how are we going to relate to them um, Rachel had let me borrow Dr. Stone's book integrating technology into modern therapies and there's one quote in there that I just find so poignant um, that I literally wrote it down to speak about today um, but Dr. Stone writes that if therapy is based on the relationship and it's the best relational tool is empathy which is entering into the client's world is it possible that technology can facilitate that and perhaps enhance the entering process and that quote just really sticks with me about just really entering yeah. into therapy with the clients um, and can we really be empathic if we're not really entering their world in that way um, so I think utilizing technology in that way is is giving us the ability to then enter the client's world yeah, actually, I wanted to quickly piggyback on the apps that we find most helpful. And there were actually a couple apps that Victoria introduced to me that I thought it'd be great if she just uh, quickly explained a little bit more about because I think that they're great for um, for a lot of clients that we work with. Um, so there are two apps. One is newer to me, um, and they're both by the same developer, actually, but one that I found really helpful, I think professionally and personally, is called Clear Fear. Um, it's an anxiety app, and it helps for coping skills specifically for clients who are experiencing anxiety. Um, and it's very easily accessible and teen-friendly. Um, and it also, integrated into the app, has something called a safety net, where you can identify safe people to call when feeling 
things do get overwhelming, um, but it also has connections to emergency hotlines and a self-monitoring component. So um, users of the apps are able to monitor when they do do an activity to help regulate and reduce anxiety. Um, the app then asks them to rate how did they how do they feel after completing the activity. So it's really nice to then be able if the if the client would like to to then share that in the therapy room and and monitor success and different coping skills in that way. Um, so I really like that one. And there's one other that I find um, really helpful. It's called Combined Minds. Um, I just stumbled upon this one this week, actually. And it's actually marketed for parents who are providing, or the app is marketed to help parents provide support to their children who are struggling with different mental and emotional challenges. Um, and it actually has a set list of a couple um, things like anxiety and depression and eating disorders and it gives parents kind of a step-by-step -step way to walk through how to talk to their child about them as well as it provides some psychoeducation about the different challenges um, so it's really I think it really helpful then to like full circle bring the parents in with the technology as well. Thank you so much Victoria for those very helpful apps. Uh, I'm going to Make sure that I put the name of the of the apps in our show notes. Uh, can, can you, as we close, can you give us all the best way to contact you? Um, the best way for people to reach out to me is my email, which is V, as in Victoria, um, F, and then my last name, R-I-Z-Z-U-T-O at gmail.com. I also want to thank Dr. Rachel Altvader for connecting us all today on this very uh, relevant topic on apps and how we use them in practice and just giving our clinicians who are listening just a different way of doing things. You know, there are so many different opportunities and innovative ways for us to speak our clients language. I love that quote by uh, Dr. Stone that you mentioned earlier, Victoria. And I know that Dr. Alvader is also doing a lot of work. So Rachel, if you don't mind, I'm going to share your information as well. And so those of you in the audience who may want to reach out to Rachel as, as well, her email is Dr. Dr. Period Rachel Alvader at gmail.com. She also has a Facebook group that she posts in every single day. And so I'll put all that information in our show notes. So I thank you both so much for coming on today and just joining us in this conversation. It's very much needed and we have a lot more conversations to come. I always say this, but thank you for providing this platform for everyone yes. because, you know, I know we talk a lot in here about how important it is to make sure we're all on the same page and really meeting the, the current climate of, you know, the socio climate. Um, and so I, I just love that you really provide such an informative space to have these conversations. I, I think it's phenomenal. And I just really appreciate you and that you have this awesome podcast. And thanks to all the listeners for being interested in learning more, mm -hmm. uh, because I think that that is just so admirable. I know that change is hard. And for us to recognize that change is inevitable and we have to embrace it so we can move forward and, and thrive as a, as a field to really serve the clients well, it's, it's extremely important. So I just am so appreciative of you and, um, and your podcast. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it greatly. Listen, I couldn't even have these conversations if people like you weren't 
able and willing to have the conversation with me. So I thank both of you, Victoria and Rachel. You both have been a wealth of information for me today. I am going to, like I said, put your information in our show notes. I know people are going to want to reach out and uh, we'll have more questions, you know. And as we continue this conversation, I think that we are going to all learn a lot. And uh, let's just keep working towards, you know, bringing more innovation to our field in ways that we never imagined before. And to all of the audience members, if you haven't done anything new, try something new today. (laughs) Until next time, take care. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, please rate, subscribe and share with a friend. Take care.